Hello and welcome back to the uh, Tales of Faith podcast. It has been a while, so I'm sorry. <laughs> Christmas, Christmas happened and then January happened and it was, it was a lot. You are still. Oh, I turned myself down. I shouldn't turn myself down. I need to turn this down. All right. Um, so yeah, January happened, and uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and I also just found out that uh, we're we are a week off for worship planning. So yeah, we're doing great. We're doing great, everybody. So. Good. We're all fine here. Good thing. We're all fine here. All right. So um, we thought we would talk briefly about what we're going to be uh, looking at this week, which is maybe what y'all have preached last week. And then we'll look at the text for this coming week. Um, So we've got Mark chapter five, basically today. Um, So the first one is they came, Jesus and his disciples. This is after they went across the lake and there was a storm that Jesus calmed. They came to the other side of the sea to the region of the Gerasenes and when Jesus had stepped out of the boat immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. He lived among the tombs and no one could restrain him anymore even with a chain for he had often been restrained with shackles and chains but the chains were wrenched apart and the shackles he broke in pieces and no one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always howling and bruising himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and bowed down before him, and he shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he had said to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. He begged him earnestly not to send him out of the region. Now there on the hillside, a great herd of swine was feeding, and the unclean spirits begged him, send us into the swine, let us enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the swine, and the herd, numbering about 2,000, stampeded down the steep bank into the sea and were drowned in the sea. The swine herds ran off and told it in the city and in the country, And people came to see what it was that had happened. They came to Jesus and saw the man possessed by demons sitting there clothed and in his right mind, the very man who had been in the, who had the legion, and they became frightened. Those who had seen what had happened to the man possessed by demons and to the swine reported it. Then they began to beg Jesus to leave their neighborhood. And he was getting into, as he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed by demons begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus refused and said to him, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and what mercy God has shown you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed. Reading from the New Revised Standard Version Updated Edition. Plus my tweaks because they still haven't updated. All right. So that's that's the story. That is. (laughs) Quite a story. Um, Yeah. 
couple things uh, that are interesting. I re-remembered that the Decapolis is um, the name for these 10 cities off to, to sort of the southeast of uh, the sea. And um, there are 10 cities that are, were basically started slash occupied by uh, Alexander the Great. So they're very Western cities yeah. um, and it's a totally different section. Um, so that's kind of an interesting thing. There's definitely the, the sense that these are not Jewish folks, um, but they're, and they're not even like other Arab folks. They are, they're um, Macedonian kind of Greek Roman influence folks. So that's kind of interesting. And then the there's another thing that there's some textual variation and some argue or sort of question about what exactly city this is talking about because the one it refers to is actually 37 miles away. Um, and so it could be one that is about five miles away. Um, or it could be one that's not technically part of the Decapolis, but is right off the, off of the coast. But anyways, so that's enough for geography corner. Um, thoughts? I mean, I think it's interesting that they ask for permission to go into the swine and then they immediately run off into the water. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that means. It's just, I feel like there is something there, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, Almost like wanton destruction or something like that. Yeah. 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 Or, yeah, I mean, the like. Yeah, if you tip forward, it'll be easier to. Well, if you had chairs that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's interesting. Because then they do, I mean, they do pretty much ask Jesus to leave. They're like, all right, you've just destroyed 2,000 of our pigs. You could go now. That'd be great. You have had great economic effect on <laughs> yeah. our... Um, and, I mean, there's a lot there to... Do we actually want healing for people? Um, that there was a certain amount of kind of allowing for the status quo of this guy they're just like they were just kind of afraid of him they let him go off and and be live in the tombs right they just chained him up yeah but then when he's actually healed they they go oh this is too weird this is crazy um you know so i think there's some interesting crossover with like mental health with homelessness or houselessness with um you know, just folks that we see outside of kind of the norm, uh, you know, transgender folks or, or any number of folks that sort of the wider populace sees as off or different or whatever. And if there's some sort of healing, if there's some sort of restoration, how almost like uh, disruptive that can be to the wider group and they just go oh we don't we don't want to deal with this so let's get rid of this jesus guy because he made a big yeah 
Or even, I mean, I can see that with healing, but I would, I think we lose something if we start talking about mental health and transgender and stuff in those terms, in terms of healing. Mm -hmm. But I think yeah. there is perhaps a lack, like you said, a lack of wanting to understand or wanting to help. Right. Yeah. Um, or wanting to embrace. Um, yeah. Yeah. Certainly not that transgenderism is a demon that possesses people. And, right. You know, that's, that's yeah. Where, that's yeah, why yeah, I, I no. know that's not what you that's, think. Yeah, it's that's just not the way I'm that going. like the way you strung all those sentences together, someone could infer mm -hmm. sure. that you were meaning something other than what you were meaning. Yes, you're right. Um, um, by yeah, so maybe homelessness is is maybe the place to. Um, there's a focus there where. There's a certain amount that we allow for just rampant poverty for yes. certain people. Because and we, we don't care. Yeah. yeah, we just don't care. And we kind of sort of do something about it. But when people come in and actually say, hey, let's let's make a difference yeah. for this person, it's very disruptive, right? Um, looking at, you know... Over the COVID pandemic, there was some really con real concerted effort to house people who were without homes. Yeah. Um, and lo and behold, houselessness went well way down. And then we took away that funding and it went back up again. Or, you know, there was a church in Texas that has received like, I don't know, 100 citations because they're serving people on the streets and the police come and give them citations because they don't have a, a license to serve food, you know, like stuff yeah. like that, that there's, there's, we, as a society tend to balk at, and I, at actually doing something about these issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it, I think it, that speaks to the inconvenience of, yeah confronting the issues yeah i think the the asking jesus to leave after this speaks to that yeah that well that was nice but again like you two thousand of our sheep or, or our pigs were drowned so mm -hmm. you know that that didn't help us personally so you know but it is also and it is also interesting that that this person who was healed does not want to go home to his people. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't actually say that that's what he does. It says that mm -hmm. he goes home, that he goes to the Decapolis. Mm -hmm. It does not say that he goes home. Yeah. Um, he's kind of, it seems like, restored to his people because he's not, he's no longer sort of... Um, separated yeah uh, he's restored to the greater pop to a population mm -hmm. whether that's his or not do you know what i'm saying right yeah um and there is no there's no acknowledgement from the other people mm -hmm. that this person has been healed right it's just 
that they saw what happened, they were frightened, and then they begged Jesus to go away. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, we. there's no room in there for, okay, well, you did a great thing, but this it had an impact on a negative impact on us so you know yeah um which again i just find interesting Mm -hmm. um and i think part of what's going on here is in the gospel of mark there's this this is sort of lining up with a lot of things that um the people see the healing that he does and they say, we don't want to have anything to do with that. So clearly this is not a um, sort of like uh, welcoming, like these are not people who are interested in the stuff that Jesus is doing. And so he says, you know, the, the guy wants to go with him. And he says, no, you go back and tell people what you've done. And then later in Mark's gospel, we see Jesus going back to the Decapolis and all of a sudden, all of these people are being incredibly Mm. responsive and he's able to heal and he's able to do things. Um, So I'm wondering if that's part of it is it's sort of setting the stage for what's right for what's going to happen. So, yeah, yeah. It's interesting we don't hear anything from Jesus in this. Yeah, very little. Okay, yeah. So I said, yeah, what is your name? Mm-hmm. Um, and he said to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Right. But that's even, it's presented in this weird, we hear the guy's response. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, before. we don't actually yeah. hear Jesus say, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. We hear his response to jesus having said that yeah um yeah which again i just think is interesting we don't really hear anything much until go home to your people Mm -hmm. um he asks him his name and then he tells him to go home which interestingly is a way of humanizing him Mm -hmm. in both cases. That's interesting. Yeah. Because he, he asks, or is he asking the name of the spirit? Because that's how he replies. The response is the name of the unclean spirits. So then is Jesus asking the unclean spirit, his name. So that, yeah, that doesn't, actually track but no but i mean jesus says what is your name and the guy replies my name is legion for we are many he answers as the spirit as yeah as these sort of unclean spirits um yeah i think it's just it is interesting because Jesus humanizes him. Mm-hmm. The rest of the time we talk about the spirit or the person, it is as either something inconvenient, scary, frightening, mm-hmm. 
you know, it's it's not as a person to have been saved or helped or cared for in any way. That's really interesting. Because he doesn't just tell him, like, go. It's go home. Mm -hmm. Which I just, I you know, I think that's an interesting... There are other times when Jesus tells people who have been healed to go. Mm -hmm. And he does not all... It is not always the go home. And also, with all of the sort of messianic secret stuff that we've been seeing... Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is not. This is a... Go He's and saying, tell go people. and tell people about yeah. it. And that follows from the other people asking him to leave. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that makes sense. Jesus is going, well, I can't stay here because, mm -hmm. but you who have been healed, who has been touched, you now have the commission. You now have the job to go out and tell people. Because you're a part of this community and yeah. I'm not. And there's, there's that, that's an underpinning of this is there sort of a ethnic um biases and and ethnic sort of separation here um that jesus is is transcending he's going specifically to this area um he heals this man um which is interesting because we don't often think we think of of sort of a mission to the gentiles as something that happens in acts but it's very much here in mark yeah um. but it's also a like again a, like you have a response you have a responsibility for this thing you've been given mm -hmm. you have been given healing you have been given salvation you now have a response to share that love and that mercy And tell what the Lord has done for you. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I have zero clue where I'm going to go with this on a children's lesson. Mm -hmm. And I haven't looked at my Sunday school lesson. That that tends to help me direct where yeah. I might go. Um I suppose it would be the only things that are coming to mind right now are Jesus's willingness to engage with somebody that we may not mm -hmm. want to engage with. And after healing that, that you have after being, after coming into connection and contact and relationship with Jesus, we have a responsibility mm -hmm. to tell of God's mercy and love and what God has done for us. And it's not, it, it, I think it, it is also of note that it's tell what the Lord has done for you and mercy, not, tell how your sins are forgiven and mm -hmm. what a terrible person you were and how awful you were. And now you're not, you know, again, it's rooted in love and 
that you were received as a human being. Yeah. Rather than. Yeah. One of the things I've been really hitting with my, with my little ones is God loves you just because Mm -hmm. you don't have to be anything. You don't even have to be good. God loves the bad guys too. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean he likes them. It doesn't mean we should be bad or choose bad, make bad choices. But God loves people that do bad things all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that our love and acceptance and our worthiness is simply because we are children of God. Yeah. That we are worthy and to stop looking at ourselves from the point of view of being unworthy and being unclean, but to start looking at ourselves as being worthy of, of God's love, being worthy of the cross being worthy of um love and acceptance simply because we are children of god mm-hmm. now that again that comes with um there's an obligation right a, well, a response yeah there's a response there's that because when we it's the working of the spirit within us that makes us want to bet make better choices mm-hmm. that makes us want to be better people but it's not because of that that we are chosen, that we are right. loved and Absolutely. accepted. Um, and I see some little glimmers of that in there. Mm-hmm. In, in the, um, so I, that that could be another. Definitely. Yeah. Plus, all I got. Okay. Yeah, I um I like that that humanizing note is really good. Um, and maybe playing with sort of those we see as outsiders um, and seeing as our, ourselves as uh, worthy, as Paul Tillich famously put it, that accept that you are accepted. Um, so good stuff want to go on to mark chapter 5 verses 21 to 43 you want to trade off sure you want me to take it in chunks or just it's only 20 verses go all the way um let's let's Do it in chunks. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the lake. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue, named Jairus, came, and when he saw him, fell at his feet, and begged him repeatedly, My little girl is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, so that she may be made well and live. So he went with him. Keep going. Uh, no, we could stop there. All right. Goes back over. So now he's in decidedly a Judean area. There's a synagogue. Yeah. Um, which potentially is anachronistic, actually, um, because synagogues really started becoming popular after the destruction of the temple. Um, so there may be a little bit of the author here writing in this sort of thing or or it could have been an early synagogue because the the pharisees were starting them up so um just kind of an interesting thing um 
and I'm I'm struck at just the contrast in this story. We'll we'll see this between Jarus, who is a leader of the synagogue. He is, you know, he's a a, a pretty impressive person in his town. Um, and he sees Jesus and falls at his feet. It's very much a humble um, attitude. He says, I, I cannot do it by myself. I need you. Is this one of the first time we have seen a, a leader of the synagogue have a positive response to Jesus? I think it may be. Um, let me borrow this. That's a good question. I don't know where we are. Like Nicodemus is one of the only other ones I can think of. Nicodemus is not in Mark's gospel. Okay. Um, I mean, we're only five chapters in, so yeah, I would, I, I, I would suspect that it is. Yeah. Um, and but and possibly one of the few times in general, mm -hmm. because in general we don't see a lot of positive responses. Yeah, the religious leaders don't tend to have a great response to Jesus. You're right. That's a good point. And also a theme, this this is a bit of a, maybe a trope in the Gospels, but he's not coming for his own healing. He's coming for the healing of his daughter. Mm -hmm. um, it's for someone's, someone else. Come lay your hands on her so she may be well. Hands He goes. Jesus follows. So. Yeah. Um, I'll keep going. All right. And a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say who touched my clothes? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him, and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. So again, we have this contrast. Um... This woman who is who has been suffering from a um, hemorrhage or a flow of blood for twelve years, so she's ritually unclean. She should be nowhere near a crowd. Um, she is. She's not someone who has importance, and yet she also is coming for healing. Yeah, I have to say this struck me a lot harder just now than I have, have read this in the past. Mm. Um, 
I think when when I've read it before, there's there's always been or heard in my head um, a harshness to Jesus's, mm -hmm. or that's been projected as a harshness. Who Dutch? Who did that? Um, I don't know if it's just because of it's a different translation, um, and that's not that perhaps Jesus is the first one who has actually treated her with love and kindness. Mm. Um, you know, as a woman, we are often not believed. Mm -hmm. um, I've had my own personal experiences with physicians just literally laughing at me when I've told them I was in pain. Mm -hmm. um, there's often a lack of understanding of just what is going on. Mm -hmm. So this idea that she'd endured much under many physicians, like and I can't even no better, but grew, grew worse. worse. Yeah. I, I mean, mm -hmm. I can't even imagine what that was like back then. Mm -hmm. um, and on top of that being isolated and then having the courage to say, I'm going to stand up for myself mm -hmm. because I know that this person can heal me and I don't even have to talk to him because she's clearly is afraid mm -hmm. later on. She says she came in fear and trembling. So she has been so beaten down and so repressed and so, uh, you know, I, I imagine there's a lot of you brought this upon yourself mm -hmm. and there's just something oh, wrong absolutely. with you mm -hmm. and you are just broken. And, you know, there has been 12 years of, emotional trauma along with the physical trauma mm -hmm. and she still does it which first of all i i don't think i've realized how incredible that is until this moment that she even with all of that that she does it mm -hmm. and i imagine that these are some of the first kind words she has heard in a very long time. And it's daughter. Yeah. Right. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Yeah. Go in peace. And and I love the reversal because it it that who touched me. Yeah, you hear that sort of like accusatory tone to it. And the flip is that he wants to find this person because he wants to tell them this thing. Yeah. Go in peace. You have, your faith has made you well. I don't want this to happen and it not be commented on yeah. that. You think like you've gotten away with it or um, not that you've gotten away, but like. That I, it wasn't intentional. Yeah. Like, you you sort of gamed the system that you got healing but you did it um kind of in a, a trickster way an outside of the of the box way and he says no no, no. this <laughs> just like this the all of these other people who have been made well by their faith you your faith has made you well go in peace um Yeah. And so as I said that, um, 
kind of what I'm I'm bringing into that the sort of especially in the Hebrew scriptures there's this the trickster sort of motif that we westerners tend to just gloss over but like um that those on the margins use um trickery and and sort of like um subterfuge and all that sort of thing to get what is by their right so like um Tamar and Reuben or um, Jacob getting the blessing, all of these sorts of things. And it tends to be, yeah, those people who don't have power. And so I'm going to get this. And there's, there is this sort of element of let's lift this up and say, look, they got what was theirs. Um, they not by following the rules because they, the rules don't work for them. But they were able to get it anyways. And there's sort of this honor in that. Here, it almost feels like that's what it's, that's the setup, mm-hmm. right? She's she's sneaking into the crowd. She's She says, okay, if I just, it's a loophole, right? If I touch his cloak, I'll be made well. And I don't have to interact with him. I don't, you know, he he doesn't have the opportunity to, to push me away, but he gives healing. Right. Um, that the rules, there are times when the rules simply do not work yeah. because they are not in fact made for everyone. Absolutely. You know, we tend to be a, a, a rule following society and we mm-hmm. think, well, the rules apply to everyone. Well, that's all well and good if you are a you know straight white male but if you're anything other than that Mm -hmm. those rules aren't made for you right they're not made for you to be able to get ahead they're not made for you to be able to get what you really need Mm -hmm. um and i have always been a spirit of the law kind of person um and recently trying to get Asher or our son to understand a little bit more that sometimes <laughs> sometimes the rule it's okay to bend the rules because of the reason that the rule is there mm-hmm. right that there are times in which rules simply need to be flexible um and i think jesus is all about flexibility because mm-hmm. he sees us each as individuals mm-hmm. and he sees our individual needs and recognizes that yes corporate rules can keep a society functioning but that does not feed people that does not clothe people that does not house people that simply makes it so that we can we can function mm-hmm. um and it leaves some people in this desperate place yeah where they are are hugely marginalized or traumatized for 12 years. Yeah, I mean I yeah, the the trauma yeah. and the trauma and the strength of this woman that I think, you know, we've we've got what three sentences about mm-hmm. her and that's all we know. We don't even have her name. Right. And yet I can guarantee you that nearly every woman I know could identify with this person. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that tells us about what 
that tells us what biblical womanhood is. Mm -hmm. It is taking what we are owed. It is going to God in brashness, even though she's, you know, she's sneaking, but, mm -hmm. but there's a brashness there to say, look, I know what I deserve and I know what God can do for me. Now these other people don't get it. So I'm going to have to get it a way that whatever way I can. Mm -hmm. Right. But that, that biblical womanhood is actually claiming our right. It is claiming our healing. Mm -hmm. It is not being subject to all of these rules that are meant to keep us in our place mm -hmm. and keep us in the kitchen, right? Um, and that in that, when we do that, when we are chasing after God, when we are chasing after that, we are at peace and we are healed. Mm -hmm. And that Jesus honors it. Yeah. And make sure, again, let's, I'm not going to allow this to be a secret. It's, secret. It, I want to yeah. show everyone mm -hmm. that what you did was not wrong. Mm -hmm. And nor was it nothing. Because the disciples are just like, dude, seriously? Who touched you? Like, look around. Everybody touched you, okay? Like, I can't believe you want us to figure out who brushed up against you. Are you kidding me? Um, but he recognizes that it was an intentional chasing after of him. Mm -hmm. And that that intentionality is important and that it should also be recognized. Yeah. We go on? Yeah. All right. I will note, I'm realizing that there's a difference. So I've been reading from the New, Rev New Revised Standard Version updated edition. And yeah. Louise is reading from the New Revised Standard Version. And actually, it's more differences than I realized. But just to, to recognize that. All right. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the synagogue leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the synagogue leader, Do not be afraid, only believe. He allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the synagogue leader's house, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. When he had entered, he said to them, Why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Then he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. And immediately the girl stood up and began to walk about. She was 12 years of age. At this, they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. All right. 
so it's a beautiful um, sort of example of this sort of bookend. I don't remember the technical term for it, but we've we started a story and then mm -hmm. there's a, another story in the middle and then we finish it up with the finish of that story. Um, both about healing and yet there's also quite a bit of contrast between the two. I'm always, I've, this is tangential, but I'm struck by what jerks people are. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, stop bothering Jesus. Your daughter's dead. Really? <laughs> really? And then these other guys laugh at you. What? I mean, the lack of compassion that we yeah. often see. Yeah. And I wonder if there's a connection there to kind of the similar at, uh, attitude of the physicians that had seen the woman and, and sort of just left her where yeah. she was. Similarly, these, whoever they are, may, maybe it's physicians, maybe it's, you know, professional grievers, whoever it is that's gathered at the house, they're just dismissive. She can't possibly, dismissive of her, and dismissive of Jesus. Like, you don't know anything. What are you talking about? And dismissive of the parents' grief. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no why trouble the teacher any further. Yeah. Well, even if even even if there was no healing in this, who would you go to for compassion and mm -hmm. prayer? And like, To say don't bother somebody over your daughter's death mm -hmm. is just kind of next level. Mm -hmm. And then also part of this is also uh, maybe, maybe a contrast with the woman who has been through this. She has seen every physician. She's lost all her money, and yet she's still searching after something. And this maybe expectation or this possibility of just giving up and just like, yeah, you know what? It doesn't matter anymore. She's dead. That's it. Um, and it's Jesus that gives the strength to say, yeah. No, let's let's keep going. Let's go see what's going on. Yeah. Why? Well, in the specific, do not be afraid, only mm -hmm. believe. And he doesn't tell them at that point what the outcome is going to be. Right. It's just, I'm here. I've got you. Do not be afraid. Mm -hmm. There's a... Um... There's also a possibility of like a misdiagnosis here. Um, so we went on a walking tour in New Orleans with my family. Um, Louise was not on the tour. She was taking care of the kids. She's amazing. Um, but one of the things that they were saying, the guy was saying was that there was this practice and, and in a, uh, like they would they would bury people and, and usually it was in these like mausoleum tomb things. So not bury buried. 
Um, but there was a... They tie a string to their toe with a bell. Yeah, there was a sextant who realized that there were like many, many cases of scratch marks on the insides of coffins. Um, And that given the medicine of the day, they would think people were dead and they weren't in fact dead. And so, yeah, so they would tie a string and put a bell on their toe. And so they'd be saved by the bell. You know, like this person would, um, the sextant would, would, put them in the thing and then hang out for 24 hours to see if there was, there was a chance. Um, so maybe that's part of this is like, they just think she's dead. She's actually not. Um, yeah. I tend to think that that's more what Jesus is setting up here. Yeah, that's true. Um, is the like, Oh, she's just sleeping. Ah, just, it's all good. Go, you guys go over there. Um, and, is if we were to put all the gospels in a timeline Mm -hmm. this would come before the healing of lazarus yes and so i also think that there is something very poetic interesting beautiful about the fact that the person that's being healed here is a little Mm -hmm. girl Mm -hmm. arguably the least important person They're female, they can't own land, they can't, you know, their only real value is in what they can, the 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 marriage that they can make. Mm-hmm. They're a child, not ready to work yet, and they're sick. So, you know, I think that there's some, they're there, again, yeah. I think that there's a value in recognizing that it is not that they have no value, but that society needs to recognize that they have value Mm -hmm. and jesus recognizes our value um that there is no one that is nothing that there is only that we are all valued and therefore all worthy of attention and love and respect and all that jesus has to offer Mm Because I and I think that that strictly don't tell anyone what happened here is is because it is a raising from the dead, not. Yeah, this is big time. This is. Yeah. yeah. And that, you know, who knows how that reaction, what what that what a reaction to that actual that actuality would be instead it's a. Uh, no, she's just sleeping. You guys didn't quite mm. get it. Uh, y'all go over there for a minute. Let me see if I can wake her up. Um, and so it becomes just a healing, which is mm. a little bit more, a little easier for people to swallow as opposed to a raising from the dead, which, right. you know. Especially this early in Jesus's ministry. That's, I mean, that's just my take on it. But yeah. It's not a writer. It is unclear. Yeah. And and as with a lot of these, there's yeah, there's a. I don't think there's a necessarily right or wrong reason to that. I just think that that's where I would go with it. Yeah. Partially, I was thinking along the same lines of the misdiagnosis and and the. 
are these physicians more likely to think that she's dead because she's just a little girl? And right. Who cares, yeah. Actually? Yeah. I can see that too. So that's, that was kind of why I was thinking. Yeah. I can see the ones. connection between the two being somewhere along those lines as well. Yeah. Um. Another interesting connection. And I don't know where this, where this goes, but the 12 years, um, there's a 12 year of hemorrhage and a 12 year, old girl um so like head cannon there's this like um i wonder if there's a connection between the two um that again this is very much not biblical but what is the what if this girl is actually the daughter of mm. the woman um it's it's just kind of an interesting connection that there's the 12. yeah then um, it specifically mentions it which is yeah you know why do we need to know that right and because they are again this is mark he is you know this is a really sort of tight gospel there's not a lot of extra information yeah um, and because these two are linked already, like what is what are what are we saying here? What's going on here? Um, but of course, the twelve-year-old for this girl could very well be also back to that where the um, that's about, if not actual marriage age, it's getting there. Getting there. It's it's you're you're making deals. You're kind of uh, working out the betrothal situation. So, yeah. And again, there's a, there's a term of endearment, uh, in, enduring, what's term of endearment? There you go. <laughs> Daughter and little girl. Um, of interesting yeah and the the preservation of aramaic the talitha kum um, that was important to the author So yeah, lots of lots of stuff here. I think. Um, I think last time this. Oh, do you have something else? Nope. Uh, last time this came up, we did a. Um, a, a dramatic sermon. Was it this one? This? Yeah, it was this one. Oh um, yeah, I mean, sure I remember doing that. I didn't remember it was this. Yeah, um, because. Yeah. So I did a sermon from the perspective of Jarius, Jairus. Um, and then, you know, partway through, you broke in with a dramatic monologue from the perspective of the yeah. woman. And then I finished up mine, um, which was really cool. It's always disappointing when I think, where did we put that stuff? <laughs> like, where is that script? <laughs> It'd be cool to do some of this stuff again. I, yeah. You can't recreate it. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. can, but it's it's never the... Never quite the same. Yeah. 
Um, so that has some possibility or, or yeah, just to play with the contrast and play with the, the different things. Um, so I really like this. The, um, trauma and reaching out in faith and stopping and, and this word of compassion. Um, there's a lot there and I think that would be, that's the place to focus. Yeah, I think so too. The, the, um, not letting things get in the way of, of going to Jesus mm -hmm. that sometimes people tell us our problems aren't big enough or mm -hmm. not important or, or it's too late. It's too late. Or, um, you know, for any number of reasons, we, we think that uh, this isn't worthy of being brought to God's attention. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm an over prayer. I think I always err on the side of asking for God's help um, because I think that's what we're called to do. And I, that's kind of, yeah, that's where I would go with that is not mm -hmm. to let things get in our way. That even the smallest thing is that is important. And it doesn't matter who we are. Yeah. You, you, you know, you're leader of the synagogue. Great. Jesus is going to listen to you. You're a woman who is shunned by other people. Great. Jesus is going to listen to you. Yeah. Goes back to the, which again links back up to the top of, you know, we are all worthy. Mm -hmm. We are worthy as being seen as humans and being seen and loved. Great. Yep. Well, anything uh, to finish up? Nope. <laughs> I'm yawning. Sorry. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think that's. I think okay. that's good. Awesome. Yeah. Uh... And see, we 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 did two weeks in one, so it's like we've only missed two other weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We're <laughs> we're doing great. We're doing great. Just trust us. Yeah. Um. So yeah, thanks for joining us for Tales of Faith. And uh, join us next time. And I'm hoping it's next week. Hoping it's next week. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So thanks for joining. And um, yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.